Hello and welcome. Hopefully this time we've got everything right to the Late Late Show with Sean Mackay. Um, and tonight we're going to be talking to Shelley Francis, who's going to talk us through as an English teacher in Wales about the transition between Key Stage 2 and Key Stage 3 writing. And hopefully it's going to be a very, very exciting couple of feet, an hour. OK, so back soon. So good evening and welcome to this Friday Late Late Show with Sean Mackay with my absolutely amazing guest, uh, Shelley Francis. Hello, Shelley. Are you there? Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm all right. Thank you, Sean. How are you? Oh, not too bad. It's, it's very, very cold around here, but very lit up uh, with all of the Christmas lights. I don't know what it's like down there in North Wales. Exactly the same, to be fair. Very, very cold. <laughs> Yes, it's it's getting much, much colder all the time. Uh, thankfully, there are lots of winter coats to keep us warm. So um, a great night. Thank you ever so much for joining us um, on this show tonight. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here. So um, let's get kind of straight into the questions and straight into the meat of it. So as I do with every show to start off with, can I ask you what your favourite book is and why? Oh, thank you very much, by the way. And um, real pleasure to be here as well. And um, uh, I kind of deliberated over this one, to be honest. I have so many different <laughs> favourites. I think my all-time favourite is probably Wuthering Heights. Um, oh, amazing book. Just, yeah, I just love the gothic element. And I absolutely, I really, really, really just, there's so much to, to just explore in that book that I absolutely love it. it one of my recent favourites, though, is is The Narrow Door by Joanne Harris. Okay. Um, yeah. It's fantastic, real, it's such an interesting um, take, just the dual perspectives and really twisty narrative, lots of surprises, it's a really good read. Absolutely fantastic. I'm absolutely with you on the Wuthering Heights. It's one of the um, the um, kind of books that I read at A-level or had to read at A-level. <laughs> I didn't really read it at A-level, I read the first chapter. <laughs> chapter and the end chapter, um, but still managed to pants, thankfully. Um, the ironic <laughs> is that I, I read the book after I finished A-Level and now, like you, it's one of my favourite books. I think it's absolutely amazing. Um, I love the more setting and, and the kind of how it builds into that kind of gothicness of the of the whole kind of um, storyline. Um, so let's go straight into the next question then. So first of all, can you tell us then a little bit about you, who you are and your context, please? Uh, yeah, of course. So um, my name's Shelley Francis. I'm an English teacher and um, I, I kind of specialise, well, I specialised in my own degree um, uh, with literature, with, ling with linguistics. So I'm okay. kind of cross-theoretical in that perspective. Um, I'm mm. a really keen writer and reader. So I've got oh, a real good. passion for literacy, uh, kind of mm. as a basis. Um, I work in quite a rural area which comes with um, the usual challenges essentially for yeah. being in quite a, a rural area. You've, we've got um, a mixed demographic 
some some students that don't necessarily have the same cultural capital as you might find in Mm -hmm. kind of the bigger cities Um, so it's just about about kind of making sure that the students have the best foundation and framework to to go on and succeed in whatever they choose to do Um, Mm and I kind of came to teaching quite late and so I have been teaching now for about five years um, and really focused on kind of writing post-pandemic and we found that it had a huge impact and a lot a lot to do with stamina really but also um kind of that foundational the spelling the grammar wasn't always there and because I think a lot of students had worked online that was quite exacerbated as well Um, and so really that became my focus and and my kind of area um, of expertise really over over the last few years as a result Okay, fabulous. Um, when we when we talked uh, a message other about coming onto the radio show, you told me about uh, the fact that you were doing some, the stuff that you're doing is is for the recent curriculum um, kind of for Wales reform. Can you tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about what that is and kind of what that means for the schools in your area? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean it's um, across Wales. So the the curriculum reform is about kind of moving our curriculum towards the Estonian framework in a way and um, mm-hmm. it's uh, the schools are given the opportunity to develop their own curriculum um, with a focus on child-centered learning uh, yep. but kind of what we're trying to do is educate students according to four core purposes of learning so you have ambitious and capable learners healthy confident individuals uh, creative and enterprising contributors and um, ethical informed citizens so it's really about making sure that it's quite a holistic curriculum and um, that's supported for the students in that area but the main main difference really is that rather than phases of education like we have currently and like you see Mm -hmm. in the English curriculum it's now more of an educational continuum so it's more about the students individual journeys from like day one to whenever they finish education Um, Mm -hmm. now obviously that means that we rather than key stages we have like what we call progression steps and we had to kind of work out the progression steps uh, with regards to kind of where a student should be to be progression step three for example um, Mm -hmm. and then we teach according to the progression steps it's not necessarily about age or key stage it's about the the individual learner Um, yeah that sounds very very interesting it certainly sounds quite complex as well um it must be taking a little bit of getting used to um i'm presuming that as as with all things educational when they come up with um these uh, changes um there was lots of um discussions around the table and lots of kind of stuff for you to look at and read and lots of training that goes with that I'm, i presume um yeah absolutely uh so, so it's it's certainly sounds very good progression steps so that the, the child actually goes through and they're not really looking at you know year one year two year three it's just progression you're just following the child it sounds very very student-centric which i would have kind of like i think um yeah that's brilliant so um so having looked at that then and the wales reform and thinking about you yourself as a writer um which is really quite interesting actually uh, what what did actually get you into writing can i just ask that i'm just going off the form here a minute but what got you into writing what made you a passionate writer um i think for me it's expression 
mm-hmm. I really love the idea of of creating like I'm putting my own ideas down on paper and and really kind of expressing my ideas in in that way. Um, I'm not yeah. I'm not a, a fantastically confident speaker, um, yeah. so for me it was always kind of a, a, a stopgap in in that if you like. So yeah, that's what got me into writing. Mm, fabulous. Okay, so um, let's go on to the stuff that we're talking about tonight, then. So, which is the transition between key stage two and key stage three writing. Um, now, obviously, I've on the radio station myself. I've as a literacy coordinator, I know the importance of writing, and I've done a lot of reading. Um, mm-hmm. But as a writer, as a writer, and, and writing across the transition, why do you think that that writing is is such a, a vitally important? thing within kind of um both primary and secondary and and especially in that transition zone between the two and um, so for me writing is such a unique skill set because it is mm-hmm. primarily universal across all subject disciplines if you want to go on to study it in an academic setting um, yeah. and study it in further education you are going to need to write if you want to study anything in an academic setting um, so the ability to express yourself in writing is obviously and your and your ideas as well is yeah. really important um, It's also from a well-being perspective the idea of journaling like i said that that's my own kind of journey into writing um, mm-hmm. and primarily because for me writing is so important within our curriculum because it is formative and summative in yeah. kind of its form if you like it is both what we learn but it can also be how we learn as well and i think in that way it's like process and product of learning in one and if we don't master that then i feel like there's a gap Okay, yeah, absolutely. I absolutely agree, especially when you said that it's, it's something that's universal across departments. I mean, you only have to look at the fact that um, with all of the uh, GCSEs that we have to do, everyone, every subject has an exam in which they have to write. Um, and the better the our ability to communicate within that writing frame, especially within exams, the more they are going to be able to um, express what they want to answer those questions much more fully um so i absolutely agree with you with that one um because and it, it's how in the context of your school um and because i know with my school it's it's quite hard to um get kind of get through to other departments how important writing is in terms of um it's a cross-discipline um um thing that you have to do um has it has it been hard to to get other departments on board to on this kind of writing frame and to show them how writing is so important to all disciplines i don't think it was so much the the importance i think everybody kind of really does respect the importance of of writing within their discipline i think yeah um where the struggle lies with with writing in particular within literacy coordination is the the confidence. Um, yeah. So recently, for example, um, we've been kind of working on a push towards like disciplinary literacy and the coordination of literacy within separate areas of learning. Um, and reading has had such a strong kind of response. Reading has been fantastic. Um, but what yeah. I found with writing was it was that, that it wasn't so clear what we were expecting to see. You know, when we were sharing good examples, we had to really yeah. kind of pull out what it was that we were kind of 
like focusing on in terms of you know this is excellent because you know and yeah. and having to really explain that and once that confidence is in place that then kind of gives you the opportunity to really build on that and, and make that progress within within the literacy and um, and within writing in general really for me okay i found <laughs> no that, that's brilliant um I, I, I absolutely agree with you with the discipline and literacy that's one of the things that we've tried to been focusing on at our school as well trying to get everyone involved in that literacy process um i think we'll talk again in, in a couple of seconds when we come back after this Okay. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use the code JCTTR2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. In today's educational environment, students and teachers are juggling a mix of face-to-face, -face, online and blended learning courses. Canvas by Instructure helps teachers navigate these diverse learning experiences with a user-friendly virtual learning environment that offers flexible access to courses and a consistent learning experience, all while streamlining everyday teaching processes. The world's best schools and universities are using Canvas to create dynamic courses, collaborate seamlessly, and access actionable data that drives student success. On the 24th to the 26th of January, 2024, Bet UK is back and even better for educators. New for 2024, Table Talks empowers educators to collaborate openly and connect deeply with like-minded individuals in the education space, as well as tech user labs, the brilliant new tutorials and working groups at BET, where technology users will learn how to get more out of their institution's tech from the top education technology experts in the world. Whatever your goal, you'll find it at BET 2024. Educators go free. Get your tickets today at www.uk.betshow.com forward slash visitor dash registration. So welcome back to the Late Late Show with Sean McKay with my special guest, uh, Shelley Francis. Um, welcome back. Um, so we were talking uh, a few seconds ago then uh, about... Um, why writing is so important and we looked at um how it was kind of universal across departments and then we kind of delved into a little bit of disciplinary literacy um mm -hmm. so back to then um the the transition between year six and year seven um why do you think then that there is this um within this transition between year six and year seven and it, and it is such a small space of time it goes from kind of what the end of sats which is uh what kind of may june until they come back in in october i mean in the long scheme of things it's not an awful long time but there there's there's a, a, a knowledge gap that comes through um especially in both reading and writing why do you think that is um i think for me any six week break um is going to create a knowledge gap 
I mean, mm-hmm. particularly for writing. I think with reading, you can kind of scaffold it. You can give them materials to read, a reading list. Um, they might do it, they might not. But chances are, they maybe won't pick up a pen for six weeks. Um, yeah. um, it, that, that will impact, and that's going to impact at any level. But I think with the transition, what happens is that you lose that dialogue. Um, so f- primary teaching is so child-centred Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's such kind of a, a such a practice that's driven by the relationship. You're able to say to a child, "Look, you could do that in, in July." So you know, you just you just forgotten, but you know, go back in your book, um, and that's kind of what brought us to the the task that. So um, I led, well, I I did lead as such, but we were within a cluster. And so I kind of represented the school and the literacy coordination from the school side of things um, with the primary schools in our area. And what we worked on was a transition task. And because Mm -hmm. we're moving with Curriculum for Wales to this continuum, um, we have kind of what, well, it's progression step three, essentially. So in theory, this is our starting point as secondary school teachers. Um, And in theory, it's also the end point for the primary schools. Um, So as you can imagine, you need to align those that continuum, those progression steps need to be really clear as to what they look like. So we aimed on kind of essentially creating this framework. So um, we did a transition task. So a standard task across all of the primary schools. that we built the success criteria together as a cluster and um, yep. designed the task together and um, and then they did that in the books that they would use in high school so it is at the very yeah. front of their exercise books in year seven so kind of basically that gap. yeah so you had you bought their year seven kind of books over to the primary schools and their first mm-hmm. piece of writing done kind of inside the the primary school setting before they actually came over to uh, the secondary school yeah absolutely and what it what it's meant for us as english teachers is mean that it's meant that we were able to go well we were able to kind of reopen that dialogue if you like and say well look you could do that because you've done it here so it it kind of bridged that gap somewhat yeah okay fabulous um it sounds like uh you've kind of between while doing this that you've kind of come up with a really close relationship with the primaries um by creating this kind of um transition piece that goes between the primaries and the secondaries um i especially like that kind of bringing their secondary school kind of books across to the primary schools because i think not only does that give you that link between primary school and secondary school um and it makes the kids feel <laughs> that they're just a little bit older than they actually are um but then when they come over to primary school they've got something that they recognize they've got something that's already familiar to them um i really like that i think that's really quite cool um so yeah it's great because I, I certainly think the knowledge gap um we know that the knowledge gap in reading goes down um but i don't think writing is talked about as much and i absolutely agree with you about the fact that you know if you look out um, of, of a, um, a car window as you're driving down there's always going to be a sign where there is something to read there are billboards there's opportunities to read all the time but i think that's different for writing i think um yeah. 
you can't you don't pass by um um on a bus and think oh there's something i might want to write about um you don't you automatically read a sign you automatically read an advert but unless you have something to write with and have the will to write I absolutely agree. I don't think I think it's much harder to kind of plug that transition in writing than it is to actually reading. Um, So you talked about actually this this next question I'm going to ask you. You talked about a little bit about this earlier um, and mentioned it. So how important um, because of writing, how important do you think that reading is to kind of good writing? I mean, I think the. All of the evidence shows us that that there are definitely links and it is very important. I think reading is very important to writing. I think in terms of vocabulary, in terms of your sentence construction, um, your fluency with language and and with reasoning as well, the evidence is really clear. Um, My question is whether they're mutually exclusive. Yeah. Because I'm not not convinced that they are. I think you could you be a great writer without reading any books? I'm not entirely sure. Um, but perhaps you don't necessarily have to be an avid reader to be a great writer. Perhaps. Okay. Interesting. Um, do you think, um, because for me, I always see reading in terms of uh, the, the specific kind of books that you read if you are reading books which are slightly challenging then for me what you are doing is you are gaining that sense of you are gaining a vocabulary which for me impacts um your ability to communicate and write better um and also the fact that when you are seeing uh, sentences you're seeing that creation of tension your the creation of character and plot but also with the other types of writing the non-fiction writing in terms of seeing how instructions are created, seeing how bullet points are used, um, seeing how persuasive rhetoric is being used is also something that that kids might pick up. But I I certainly agree to a point that, you know, unless you you are taught to see these things in reading, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are going to place that into your writing. I mean, otherwise we wouldn't need any writing within an English class, I would expect, because we just need to teach reading yeah, and then I mean, I think, good yeah, I think ex- I mean exposure to to high quality literature is definitely important for understanding like what good writing looks like, and that's yeah. in every discipline. I think mm-hmm. I think it it makes it easier to discuss writing as an art form or as a transaction, uh, so creative and academic writing. Um, otherwise, we would never use a model or a waggle, would we? But I'm just, yeah, creative writing in particular, I think you could potentially still produce a a quality piece of text. No, absolutely. I mean, we've we've certainly um, uh, chemistry Kennedy, who's uh, just written, said that he disagrees. He says that reading, he thinks, is crucial for getting ideas on how and what to write. Um, and his other point was um, that uh, ChatGPT was trained by reading billions of existing documents. Therefore, that's why it can write quite well. Um, yeah. I think there's slightly more to that. I think that AI has something to do with it and the fact that it can learn slightly quicker than a human being. But yes, it's a very, very good point. Um, so... Moving on um, to 
the next moment when we talked about the links um in creating that kind of or trying to bridge that knowledge gap between um year six and year seven uh, do you think needs to be closer links between um all primaries whether it's in in north wales whether it's in england or scotland wherever it is do you think there needs to be a closer links between primaries and secondaries to stop that knowledge loss that there seems to be I think in this case, I can only reflect on my own experience. Um, and that is to yeah. say that, that this transition task for me um, as a project has probably been one of the most beneficial uh, mm. projects that I've ever partaken in over the course of my career in terms of yeah. impact on my classroom practice. Um, the, the opportunity to kind of support the the students to to look at holistic progression not just progression within like individual objectives but kind of across the board really Um, and being able to look at that framework and say okay so they they can do this bit but this bit so how could I support just this targeted this tiny part portion of the progression step in order to help move them along Um, and yeah and and being able to stretch and challenge as well so being able to look at at that framework and say okay so what can we do next what can i do next with this individual learner in my classroom um who has has come into my classroom at progression step four um what what can i do i think yeah yeah it's just a good teacher can obviously and a, a good English teacher in particular can obviously, you know, work out the gaps um, in Mm. terms of spelling and grammar and and sentence construction and paragraphing in terms of writing. Um, They can work that out fairly quickly, but it it stops you from having to kind of go backwards in order to do that. Um, You you don't have to plug the the gaps like from you know from the ground if you like it's it's more about kind of targeting that support straight away um, Mm. in order to just affect progress for that individual learner and I think that's ultimately you know what we're all trying to do isn't it yeah yeah absolutely um do do you think the 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 transition the stuff that you're doing do you think that um I don't know whether you've answered this or not um that has bought your primaries, the ones that are in your cluster and your school um, as a secondary school closer together. Do you think you are working much more closely now than you ever have been because of this? Um, and, and has it, has it, is it working? Has it worked yet so far? Yeah, I think, I mean, for us as a school um, and in the area that we live in, because obviously, as I say, it is quite a rural area um, and we do have, we have quite a cluster um of feeder schools that kind of come into our school so um the transition framework is really 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 good and it's really comprehensive Mm -hmm. in the school that i work at Um, so we'll take them away for a residential trip the students in year six and year seven so there are already those close links with the primary schools um but i think this task in particular and i know my colleague that coordinates on numeracy at the school she did the same thing um, mm-hmm. we found that it has helped definitely helped us to kind of move them move them up that kind of progression ladder and and make those steps much much quicker than previously 
Okay, that's brilliant. Um, so it, because, I mean, I suppose one of the things that, that I've noticed in, in my school um, is that, and certainly with primaries in England, is um, me being a literacy coordinator, I am kind of in charge of the kind of the whole gamut of, of both speaking, listening, reading and writing across an entire kind of school, which means making sure that all the, the disciplines are doing the same. And this is probably the same for you at your secondary school. Um, and the 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 kind of the the problem that I have had is that in primary schools um, there isn't an, a a single kind of entity that is in charge of reading, writing, speaking, and listening. What we have is someone that's in charge of reading, someone that's in charge of writing, someone that's in charge of speaking and listening, and then you have someone that's an, an overarching kind of SLT member that looks after that. Um, and so me trying to create better links for me um has been difficult because there are three different people that i have to engage with um yeah and it, it and it seems to me from what i've heard you saying with this transition especially with the writing is that that if i did that as well at my school if i tried to look at this kind of um this transition between um the writing at, at and bringing these books across which which you've advocated which i think is absolutely brilliant and having them write something having them do something and then bring it over to us i think that that could help the the, the relationship that i would have with those teachers that are in charge of those things so i think it's, it's absolutely brilliant what you've been doing at the minute um so um going on to uh, the next aspect um what do you think then so we've talked about writing a lot and how that writing gap is bridged and how we can actually turn around and make that a little bit better but in terms of writing uh, what do you think are the key elements of, of good writing what what makes a good writer so to speak okay so i i almost kind of have to look at this from two two sides um yeah. because uh the one one half of me um as as a coordinator for literacy as kind of um looking at this across the disciplines i think it does depend on the type of writing um yeah i think content and composition for, for both um yeah. what the student is expressing and how they're expressing it but then creative and academic writing are so incredibly different um when it comes to a question like this um yeah so i think in academic writing obviously structure is really vital so mm -hmm. a good strong solid thesis statement that outlines viewpoint and intent um and outlines introduction essentially yeah. um concise topic sentences which then influence the paragraphing so yeah um yeah just making it really clear making it really structured linked ideas um and obviously using the effective planning strategies in order to to create a comprehensive structure i think is important mm -hmm. in academic writing and i think that's that's kind of for us that's the, the those are the foundations of our literacy priorities for extended writing that yeah. writing as a transaction should always be purposeful and it should be clear mm -hmm. that the student understands that purpose um, yeah so yeah for for academic writing i think that's where I go. Uh, creative yeah. writing, though, I'm I, I'm a bit conflicted on this one because if okay. is creating pathetic fallacy, for example, butterflies, say, mm -hmm. then the content is there, isn't it? 
Yeah. Because they've they've done what I asked them to do. They've created pathetic fallacy and they've done it actually beautifully because that's that's the imagery, isn't it? That's the effect that I wanted. And even in a simple sentence, without any additions, without any, you know, compounding, any subordination, any coordination, it's that's still good writing. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I think it's a different skill in that in that respect. Um, for me, I think what's key for both is a, like a clear understanding of of sentence construction, a variety of sentences, create rhythm in creative writing, and explain well in academic writing. Um, yeah. Clear understanding of subordination and coordination, and um, yeah. A, a, yeah, and top, topic sentences to some extent. Um, although creative writing, obviously, that's slightly different. That looks slightly yeah. different. Yeah. Okay, that's great. Thank you very much. I mean, certainly, I, I agree with you in terms of the fact that there is a, there is a massive difference between critical and creative. Um, mm-hmm. And I, for me, it is, it, as an English teacher, um, mm-hmm. it's much and I, th- I thought this would be the opposite way around but it is absolutely not um i thought that writing critically would be a much harder task to teach the students than creative writing because i thought you know creative writing you just use your imagination it's not hard you just use the kind of language to create a scene which someone can actually think about create characters that people can bond with and just kind of it, it, you know that's quite an easy thing um with with a critical kind of analysis um you have to think about what they're saying you think about why they're saying it you have to put it in a certain point of view you've got to be have a specific sense of formality you've got different techniques that are being written about you've got to look at the, the why the the author is doing stuff so i thought that would be much harder but i i found as an english teacher it's it's much much harder to actually use creative writing because a i don't think as many students read as much as they used to do and i certainly don't think that um especially in secondary schools the more the older they get uh, the less imaginative they tend to be um unless of course it's one of the kids trying to get out of doing something and then they can very imaginatively come up with a reason why they can't do it um oh, yeah. <laughs> but it, <laughs> but it, it's but trying to get them to write something um the the biggest catch that i have when they're trying to get them to write is i don't know what to write and in it, yeah. it's 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 facing a blank page. I think mm-hmm. is one of the key things that I think is is as a difficulty for students. I don't know whether you have the same at your school. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I think this goes back then to that question that you asked earlier. And this is where I, I kind of do think, to some extent, that you you are absolutely right. I think uh, understanding narrative and reading more that that will support good writing in that respect um things like characters as you say it's quite instinctive i think when you're a reader um Mm. so yeah yeah Yeah. it it, it's much easier to write um creatively if you are a reader because you've you've seen that creativeness yourself you've seen you understand what the words mean you understand how to put those words together much easier um so mm-hmm. i certainly think that those those reading at that end is is certainly much better uh so we'll come back uh to shelly in a second after the news 
This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. School summer holidays are often a hot topic, but they made the news again in The Guardian as leaders in Wales appear to be considering changes. According to reports, Wales's minority Labour administration wants to shrink summer breaks from six weeks to five and eventually reduce it to four weeks. The plan would see the time added to half-term breaks in October and May. The proposal would equalise the length of terms and break the connection with Easter by fixing the timing of the spring break regardless of when the religious festival falls. The newspaper says the plans follow research by the government which suggests that parents struggle to organise and pay for childcare over the summer. Plaid Cymru, which supports the proposal, said in a statement that the current calendar was outdated as it was designed a long time ago and that some families find the summer break very long and impacting negatively on their well-being. However, the article also points out that evidence of the harm to learning from school holidays is unclear, as much of the evidence comes from the United States, where summer holidays can be up to 12 weeks long rather than the six to seven weeks in the UK. John Hattie, Professor of Education at the University of Melbourne, said the effects from school holidays are very small and there is little reason to believe that the length of the school year has much effect at all. A study from 2019 that looked at pupils from primary schools in an area of high deprivation in Scotland and England found no effect on reading skills. In Northern Ireland, schools typically have eight weeks off in the summer, but generally have results in exams that are better than those in England or Wales. However, a 2022 study did find evidence of worsening mental health in some age groups over long summer breaks. Surveys done in Wales found 60% of parents said they were quite happy with the school year as it is. In 2013, then Education Secretary Michael Gove gave schools in England the power to choose the timing of holidays, but most schools kept the six weeks. The BBC News website reports on the Beyond Ofsted Inquiry. The inquiry is chaired by former schools minister Lord Knight and is funded by the National Education Union. The report from the inquiry recommends that schools should instead be responsible for their own improvement plans. Ofsted has responded by repeating its previous statement that inspections are needed to ensure a high-quality education. The inquiry said that Ofsted was now seen by many as toxic and not fit for purpose and in need of major reform. The removal of single-word judgments was also recommended and this echoed another report on school improvement released earlier by the Institute for Public Policy Research which also called for narrative-style judgments rather than single words. The Beyond Ofsted inquiry recommended stopping Ofsted from having direct contact with schools, and instead schools should draw up their own improvement plans, which would make them accountable to parents and the wider local community. Lord Knight, speaking to the BBC, said Ofsted created a culture of fear in our schools. His report also said that Ofsted had become under-resourced for the high-stakes job expected of it. A spokesperson for Ofsted said nine out of ten schools say inspections help them to improve. In related news, the current Chief Inspector of Schools, Amanda Spielman, 
has written in her final annual report about parents being increasingly willing to challenge school rules in England. She described the unwritten contract between home and school as fractured and that it will take time to repair. The report is broadly positive but draws attention to a shift in behaviour, attendance and attitudes to education since the pandemic, describing it as leaving a troublesome legacy. Full details of her comments can be found across media outlets. Teach First has celebrated its 20th anniversary, with three former Prime Ministers praising the charity's work in tackling education inequalities. According to Teach First's own website newsfeed, the charity has recruited more than 16,000 teachers to work in disadvantaged areas across England. Teach First CEO Russell Horby reaffirmed the charity's mission to help Britain's most disadvantaged children to achieve their full potential. Finally, student immigration data has been released, with Home Secretary James cleverly stating the biggest drivers of immigration to the UK are students and healthcare workers. He further commented that this was testament to our world-leading university sector. According to data, Indian nationals account for over one quarter of all sponsored study grants, followed by Chinese nationals. The education sector relies heavily on students applying to UK universities for significant funding. But there is also political pressure to reduce net immigration. Any plans to make changes to the current system will be monitored carefully. Although for now, the focus remains on illegal migration rather than legal routes. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. And welcome back to Teachers Talk Radio with myself, Sean Mackay, and Shelley Francis. Um, Shelley, welcome back. Hi. So, um, one of the I'm going to throw a curveball in here because that news was quite interesting tonight. Um, so, what do you think about the kind of the the news that that they're thinking about making half terms two weeks and reducing the summer holidays to four weeks? I thought that was a fascinating thing. Yeah, and that's that. That's we got um, reviewed in Wales for by the Education Workforce Council okay. um, on that exact same topic because um, generally they found that 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 was kind of the response that was required and that's what they wanted in the Welsh schools as well. A lot of parents had opted for it. Um, and a lot of teachers too. I think it, it definitely streamlines the the kind of school year with, um, I suppose, kind of the the average working year in in kind of a much better way. Um, where I think I, I I don't I'm unsure. Let me put it that way. Is the idea of the six weeks for me? Um, as a teacher, I, I quite like the the end of a school year and yeah. then the beginning of a new one. Um, <laughs> as in, I quite like that gap in between. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure how you'd how how you could kind of coordinate it really. You know, with the changing the timetables and things yeah. for students, I think it it'd be an adjustment <laughs> definitely. It, it, it certainly would. Um, I, 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 I've been talking amazingly enough. I was talking about this to one of my colleagues today and we were trying to decide whether or not we liked the idea of a 222 kind of four 
um, year. And it, it is kind of, I don't know, because with the six weeks you're giving um, not only um, students, but also staff enough time to recuperate. I, I think it's, they although they might get bored and it might get to a point where six weeks is a long time i think by making them um slightly bored by the end of it they kind of look forward to coming back to their friends and look forward to coming back to school i think yeah. if there's a four-week gap and only a four-week gap then there's not enough time for them to be looking forward to coming back again um but yeah you know, yeah they tell us they're not looking a... forward to it but we know they are <laughs> absolutely <laughs> absolutely right then let's get back to it then so the transition between uh, key stage two and key stage three so we've talked about uh, the key elements of good writing we've talked about the transition between um year six and year seven and how we, to, we, we might be able to bridge that gap especially with writing um so you talked about the key elements a couple of seconds ago just before the news um which yep. of those key elements that you talked about do you think is the most important and, and kind of why and um, I think for me, sentencing, um, I think topic yeah. sentences, yes, but I do think teaching a variety of sentence structures, um, yeah. in a way that students grasp the effect of certain, certain structures and, yeah. and in sentences is probably what I would say is, is one of the key elements because what we find, what well, I don't know about you, but what I find and, and what a lot of my colleagues find at, at my school in particular is that, that in key stage three, what students tend to do is build huge multi-compound sentences. So what you get is like, we went to the park, but it was closed because of the snow. So we ran to the skate park instead and Billy threw a ball over the fence and we chased it. There was a dog and it's there's, there's no break. <laughs> it's just, it's almost as though they've just kind of gone, I know how to do one of those sentences. So I'm just going to throw everything in it and hope yes. for the best. Um, yes. And you kind of almost have to retrain them to, to start to think about that sentence as, as a building block. Yeah. Um, the idea, and I really like that idea. That's something that I tend to use in my classroom, the idea of a paragraph as a well, I use the hamburger paragraph usually because I, you know, I like right. the idea of the building blocks um, working together, and that's that tends to be where I'll start. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, good sentence structure that will create rhythm in creative writing, but also that's that's how you're concise, isn't it? It's how you're getting your message across. So definitely, and once you've got that in place, I think then you can really start to build in those kind of additional ideas. You know, like. Um, is it Doug Leemov? He was talking about this idea of, of fronting the writing. So you take a sentence and uh, you ask students to write their ideas in a sentence at the beginning of a lesson. And then yeah. at the end, is, there's like a revision process. And you might even do that as a collaboration um, where you've maybe just taken elements of like change of verb here or can we move the clauses around? And I think yeah. that that's so powerful um, as an activity to look at a sentence just in isolation and improve it in a really targeted and directed way where students can really see the effect straight away. I think that's really powerful. 
No, absolutely. And I certainly agree with you. I mean, even even down to year 11s, um, I'm marking PPEs at the moment um, and I'm still having to kind of draw a line down seven lines saying this is a seven line sentence. You yeah. know, <laughs> this needs this needs to be broken up a little bit. So I, I certainly think that definitely the, the, having that topic sentence and then um, building the rest of that paragraph around that topic sentence and getting them to think about what that actually means, I think is, yeah, definitely a, a, a really important thing for students to actually know. Um, I'm just going to kind of, uh, because I've put a, an element of what is the most important thing, um, mm-hmm. I'm just going to throw a, a curveball in here, which I, I kind of, um, we've said, what's the most important? What's What do you think could be the biggest difficulty for student in writing? I mean, we've talked about those those kind of 12 line sentences. And um, but one of the things, for instance, for me is trying to get them to understand um, where punctuation goes. Um, and certainly the other thing for me that's massively important, that's massively difficult for my students is tense. Uh, they start in one tense. And then they'll change halfway through, and then they'll change back again. Um, so, so, what do you think for you? What What have you found is is one of those key difficulties that that students have in writing? Um, I'd, I'd agree with you. Definitely, tense. It tends to mm-hmm. be a, a a difficulty, um, and spagacy. We're starting to target, and. Um, yeah. So we are starting with one of the benefits of curriculum for Wales is that we are kind of moving towards quite a metacognitive approach. So trying to create these really independent, reflective learners. Um, So one of the things that that we do across the whole school and and in a lot of our cluster schools as well, is that we we do what's called dot marking. Um, So we take a highlighter and it's just kind of, as you're moving and circulating the room, you're just going to highlight in the margin or over, across a spelling mistake. Um, and then they're just going to start to reflect um, and they'll change that. And the idea is that it's going to kind of improve their, their proofreading skills um, okay. over time. And it is actually starting to do that. And you find a lot of students that are, that are really kind of responding really well. That immediate feedback is really powerful. Um, okay, cool. So that that's spelling and grammar, I think, is one of those things. I think particularly post-pandemic, a lot of students, yeah. when they were working online, um, obviously spell check is... Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really for them to have it. A just... factor. <laughs> yeah. So I think, yeah, spelling and grammar, um, tenses. And I would say planning for our students... Oh, absolutely. It's just they hate the idea of planning a piece of writing. And so when it comes to it, it's like, oh, I I know what I want to say, though, miss. And I'm like, guaranteed, it's not going to come out the way that you want it to come out unless you plan it. Um, So I think really, really diving in and and getting across the importance of planning is really crucial, but also giving them a way, a a comprehensive way of planning their work that that works for them as individuals i think is really important um Mm -hmm. because it's not a one-size-fits-all kind of activity is it really um particularly yeah planning i think is is probably one of the biggest difficulties because they have so much that they want to say i think like one of the things i'm finding we've been working a lot on oracy last year um 
and obviously kind of moving into this year but one of the things that I found is that and and this is one of the things that I absolutely I'm I'm really keen to to explore and research and base a lot of my projects on is they have such like high order ideas about what yeah. they want to talk about these these ideas that are really complex and I'm thinking wow you know like I did not expect I did not expect you to say that at this point like amazing well done but getting those down on paper it's just it's just I remember saying to one of my year, year nines when I very first started teaching I said you need to be able to express your ideas because people without ideas well they don't change the world do they and he said oh miss I know what to say I just don't know how to get it down on paper and mm -hmm. um, yeah. that that's something that I think you know I'm, I'm really passionate about trying to support in whatever way that I possibly can um, and planning I think is such a huge part of that because then just being able to explore it first before you then put it in a paragraph put it in a sentence put it in a paragraph then yeah yeah, I think I, that, I, that for me is the biggest. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, it's one of the things I've noticed, though. I mean, I, I keep telling students, you know, you need to make sure you plan. You need to make sure you plan. And then I kind of realised, I think it was about halfway through last year, that I've never actually taught them how to plan. Yeah. Um, so I'm making a much more of a conscious effort to show them um, how to plan the different ways to plan things, how to make it much more detailed and how to make it much more centred on the things that you want to tell people and how to make that happen um and that's 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 certainly helped uh, with a lot of my students as they're coming through i certainly think that's a, a great thing to to focus on um so we'll come back in a couple of seconds after this This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use the code JCTTR2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. In today's educational environment, students and teachers are juggling a mix of face-to-face, -face, online and blended learning courses. Canvas by Instructure helps teachers navigate these diverse learning experiences with a user-friendly virtual learning environment that offers flexible access to courses and a consistent learning experience, all while streamlining everyday teaching processes. The world's best schools and universities are using Canvas to create dynamic courses, collaborate seamlessly, and access actionable data that drives student success. On the 24th to the 26th of January, 2024, Bet UK is back and even better for educators. New for 2024, Table Talks empowers educators to collaborate openly and connect deeply with like-minded individuals in the education space, as well as tech user labs, the brilliant new tutorials and working groups at BET, where technology users will learn how to get more out of their institution's tech from the top education technology experts in the world. Whatever your goal, you'll find it at BET 2024. Educators go free. Get your tickets today at www.uk.com. 
www.betshow.com forward slash visitor dash registration. And welcome back to the final part of the show, the Late Late Show, with my guest, Shelley Francis. So, uh, coming back then, Shelley, to the last couple of questions we've got for you tonight. So, um, thinking about what's most important for writing and what the best thing about writing is, how do we help teachers then to teach children to write well? What what, what can we do? Um, so, for me... Uh taking that time to to really explore those progression steps to really um collate kind of what that progress would look like it was yeah. so useful i think not just thinking about the criteria itself either but exploring like what excellence might actually look like at each yeah. stage and um, i think with literacy and particularly with writing but but also with reading as well and oracy it it's not a tick box exercise and yeah. it isn't about turning that framework into a tick box exercise it's just really considering what matters in each discipline each area of learning experience uh, and it's really helping us as a school and as a cluster to to promote a higher quality of academic writing across that framework and across that area and I think that's that's got to be good um in the long run yeah. I think um the also the kind of what we're doing with the the dot marking um yeah. and what we're doing in general as well so there there are kind of various elements to it but it, really creating those independent learners giving that immediate feedback as often and frequently as you possibly can so really kind of helping to to support the the writing process um yeah so the dot marking as i say has worked self-assessment frameworks and um, so really kind of thinking beforehand exactly what that good piece of writing will look like not just about the purpose but about the actual structure um and the content as well yeah. I, one that i really like is rally coach um rally coach okay so Yes, it's one of the Kagan principles um, where basically you'll you'll kind of swap a piece of work and put one book over the other and it's two students talking talking each other through their work essentially um, okay. and helping it to support each other. Um, it's a type of kind of peer feedback. But the way that I use it is that, that we build a success criteria as a group beforehand. So yeah. I'll say, right, okay, so... Um, say for example if we're writing a speech so what what's what's a good speech do so then we'll say like well it's persuasive and um it's structured and i'll say right okay so how do we know then what are we looking for in this text so there's like two columns to it so then i'll say okay so discourse markers then so they have to use discourse markers mm -hmm. or they have to use um they have to have an introduction that gives their viewpoint the students then are creating their own success criteria. So then when you give them that success criteria, they know, right, okay, I can see there, they've used discourse markers, tick it. Is it persuasive? Is it structured then? Well, yeah, the ideas are linked. So I can tick that and I can move on. And it's really helping them to support each other and, and kind of develop and give another dimension to the feedback, essentially. Um, mm -hmm. And then, yeah, for me, that last one is is revision and redrafting um as i said earlier about the the doug Limov um yeah take that i was listening to i think that that's really powerful and i think giving them the opportunity to see that 
as a really targeted, isolated sentence or portion of a paragraph even, um, showing them that rapid progress across a lesson, I think is really important. And I think it's really powerful. Um, so yeah, just I suppose to summarize, I'd say explore frameworks, look at the purpose of a text and teach that explicitly. Um, narrate thinking across the planning process so as you're yeah. planning as you say kind of support that talk them through it tell them how you do it um and just feedback on spag as frequently as you can fantastic i think you've answered my final question there as well i think which is the one thing i really like about um what you talked about i think was uh rally coach so you you talked about live marking which i think is absolutely brilliant so you know it's something that i advocate I think it's great them getting that immediate feedback because then they can see what they're doing right. They can see the things that need to be improved. Um, but I like that the, what you said about the rally coach and the fact that this is a very interactive thing. It's a very kind of um, um, there's no how could you put it? there's no it's about talking to each other. It's about covering someone else's book and just focusing purely on someone else's work and making sure that they are talking about the success criteria themselves. This is stuff that, that they are involved in, that they are talking about that writing process themselves. And I think that's absolutely amazing. Um, and that's certainly something that I'm, I'm going to be, I've written down <laughs> loads about what you just said now, because I'm sticking on here and I'm thought I'm going to try this again next week um, when I go into it. Cause I think that's absolutely brilliant just having those children just just talk about what that success criteria is going to look like and then once they've written it going through and discussing those success criteria themselves and seeing whether or not you know they've got those things um which i think is absolutely brilliant so jelly it's been absolutely amazing talking to you tonight um and it's i've, I've got so much um from you from what we've talked about about um how you can um how especially the bringing of the books over to the to the primary schools to get them to have something written so that they've got something that when they come back they've got something from their primary school which is going to link to that that writing genre and create and kind of bridge that gap uh the stuff you talked about in terms of the things that make uh good writing possible about that structure that you're doing and the fact that you know you've got that that creative side of it as well and 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 making sure that everything um that is 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 closely linked to the stuff that they're doing in the primary schools um then you've got the stuff you just talked about about the live marking the immediate feedback that self-assessment framework and the the kind of group work which is working together to help them so many things that I think lots of people can take away and kind of and and use and 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 do that themselves in their own kind of um context as well. So thank you ever so much for taking time, um, a very late time out of your Friday evening. Um I thank hope you so got much some... for having me. <laughs> That's all right. I, I hope you've got something very nice planned now that you've finished, maybe a glass of wine, and I hope you've got something nice planned for the weekend. I think I think we're just hoping that I don't get snowed in at this point, to be honest. <laughs> oh, oh, snow there. Oh, okay. We're not snowing in oh, it, but apparently. it does look like it does look like snow in the air over here as well. Right. Yeah. Thank you ever so much for joining us. I hope you have a great weekend, Shelley. And I'll Thank see you, you so all. Much. That's right. I will see you all again in two weeks' time. This is Teachers Talk Radio. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. 
We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.